and we are recording with Mr. Joe Tennant running for Congress out of Washington State and, of course, Dr. Robert Malone, the king of misinformation, the king of disinformation. Don't listen to a word he says. He is an anti-vaxxer. And aside from his patents on the mRNA vaccine, he doesn't know a thing about it. And uh, but the purpose of this, Joe, could you maybe excuse me, Mr. Kent, could you maybe take this away towards the WEF and what exactly uh, you want to get to? Oh, thanks for having me on and great to see you again, uh, Dr. Malone. Yeah, uh, I mean, the World Economic Forum, I think we just wrapped up the WHO and the WEF's annual meetings in Davos and Geneva, and we avoided uh, ceding our our, uh, sovereignty to the World Health Organization, thankfully, because a lot of people called attention to the fact that the Biden administration was planning on signing off on this, this horrible policy that would give the World Health Organization essentially the ability, to my understanding, to say, hey, we, we believe you're not handling a pandemic correctly and we're going to go ahead and step in here so luckily we we didn't go down that rabbit hole but this is all part of a a much larger i mean when you say it out loud it sounds like some plot to a james bond movie but if you just look at how deeply intertwined the world economic forum has become with woke capital with our, our major corporations sort of the fusion of corporate america with the with our federal government and governments throughout the world, I, I think that's something that we really need to start calling out. The pandemic was a huge part of that because it gave them the emergency powers they needed to start taking away people's basic rights and for this massive consolidation of power. And I, I know Dr. Malone has been he's been all over this for a while. He was compiling all the all the uh, young global leaders, uh, so-called global leaders that the uh, World Economic Forum has kind of tapped and started to to groom the incumbent that I'm going after. Jamie Herrera Butler is one of them. So yeah, I, I think this is something. That, that leaders at every level, especially those who can, are concerned about our sovereignty, have to start educating people on and safeguarding against. Dr. Long. Well said. Um, and the uh, 2022 list is out. Uh, so we're now integrating in the 2022 graduate list into our master spreadsheet. Uh, so watch for that. And we also have the spreadsheet um, that basically is doxing the Young Scientist Program. So that's another one to look at. Uh, and I'm, I'm really pleased to hear you highlighting things like this. Uh, I, I was just having a conversation with Brock Pierce about uh, the whole uh, WEF uh, issue and what's going on there. He's, he's coming out as kind of an apologist for them. I'm, I'm not really comfortable with that. Um, you mentioned about the uh, um, sovereignty issues with this uh, um, there's two uh, pieces of, uh, I guess we can call them legislation, pending before the uh, World Health Organization. One is actually a treaty, and the other one is the modification of these international health records. The IHR, uh, the IHR is what um, you've, uh, I think I got it wrong, it's international health, uh, something or other. Um, the IHR modifications, regulations, I think, uh, that you're referring to have not actually been um, uh, withdrawn, they've been postponed. And uh, that's going to come up again right around your election time, I think, and um, uh, curiously. <clears throat> and um, my understanding is that what stopped them was not any action from Western nations, but rather a consortium of African nations yeah. that blocked them, which is paradoxical. But I guess they value their sovereignty too. The concern is that, uh, unfortunately, Africa has a history of a little tiny bit of corruption here and there, 
and uh, it it may be that they're just buying a little bit of time to uh, exert leverage on African leaders. And it doesn't even require corruption. One of the things that was really revealing to me about the World Economic Forum's activities uh, was the history of South Africa. And um, that uh, essentially Nelson Mandela, when he got out of jail um, and took over leadership there in his first meeting with the World Economic Forum, uh, he went in saying he was going to nationalize a lot of the major industries in South Africa. And he went to the WEF and, and it's documented. He got told you can do that and South Africa will get no capital from us. It will starve and it will wither on the vine or you can play by our rules and we'll capitalize you. Um, but you're not going to be net nationalizing anything. And you're basically going to um, become beholden to the world banks. So it's, it's a really clear early example of how they're playing the, the hardball. And my fear is that really in conceding to uh, this massive national debt that we've accumulated under the logic that, um, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, uh, what we've essentially done is put ourselves in the position where we either have to default on that debt or we are beholden to this same consortium of international banks and big currency that seems to be controlling everything. And so I think that the, the whole issue of the debt plays right into this same story. Joe. I think that's a great point because I, I think that the debt will be weaponized against us. We're already seeing the dollar lose its value with everything that's going on. We attempted to throw the kitchen sink at Russia. Russia and the CCP have consolidated their economy. Moving towards, and this is this is scary because I think this is kind of where it blends with what we saw with COVID, moving towards some form of a uh, digital currency if they can undermine the U.S. dollar or bring in the U.S. dollar to a global digital currency. But then we're going to see the consolidation of, of power under the digital currency, but that's also going to be tied to essentially your vaccine passport, which is also going to be tied to social media that essentially becomes what they have in China as your social Social credit score. And so it's going to, it's going to include everything. Are you vaccinated and boosted enough? Um, are you behaving properly on all the monitored social media? Again, when you say this stuff out loud, I, I think we, we tend to sort of sound like bond villains, but if you connect the dots at the way a lot of this is going and a lot of the characters behind the world economic forum, how deeply involved Bill Gates is the global bankers, the folks that are pushing uh, everything of COVID vaccines, the green new deal and the green the green agenda is very much a part of this. I feel like the uh, the climate change crisis, it's like their steady go-to of crisis, whereas COVID has been like this, this uh, acceleration of crises that, that, that has given them some additional authorities, but they can always kind of fall back on the climate crisis. So yeah, I think we're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're in pretty, pretty scary waters right now. And you, our debt and I are, makes us so much we're more very harder. aligned. Um, I, I come back to that uh, same concern that, the uh, the underpinning science and the uh, same exact pattern of censorship, defamation, etc., weaponization of information uh, has been a thread all the way through the logic of uh, global climate change and the enforcement of the common narrative in that case. And I'm I'm increasingly concerned that we're seeing the same kind of science play out where, where we have 
this uh, um, dominance of a, a group of individuals that are not allowed to be challenged. And even, even if this is not a, uh, a problem of having selected a narrow, relatively narrow window of time um, and drawing big conclusions about trends from that narrow window of time, even if it's not that, let's say that there is some robust trend, uh, that trend could be multifactorial and the assumption is being made that it's a consequence of various practices having to do with CO2 release, but that's, that's a hypothesis. Um, that correlation I haven't seen really well established, but it's not my core competency. But after, I think we're all in the same boat. After the way we've seen the manipulation of information over the last two years, it causes all of us to start questioning this. But back to your, your I hadn't been aware that your opponent was a young leader trainee. Um, I think that is a crucial issue because as, as we just put out in a substack a couple days ago, we're, we're of the opinion that these people basically are um, beholden to a, a, it's really a trade organization of the largest corporations in the world. And they've been trained over a five-year program by this trade organization to represent their point of view and their interests. And if that's really the case, they, at a minimum, I would think your opponent needs to make a clear and unambiguous statement that he is uh, supporting the U.S. Constitution and not supporting the agenda of the WEF and the globalists. If he's not, um, I don't see how he can swear an oath to defend the Constitution against uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. He's he's not. He really I, I this is a strong statement. I feel like these people should register as foreign agents. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think the way that they get them, and this is kind of like the DC Playbook 101, if you look at my opponent, um, she's been funded for quite a while by major global corporations. She takes money from Big Pharma, Johnson & Johnson, Microsoft, uh -huh. the defense industry. Coke Industries is another one. And Coke Industries has been buying up massive amounts of our, our manufacturing base. They buy them and they slowly gut them and they send them overseas, mainly to China. We've had a lot of that in the district here with our paper mills because we're, we're in timber country and these are the folks that fund her and then you get a representative i guess from the wf that comes over and says hey we'd like to have an interview and a chat with you and the next thing you know she's able she has access to all these different special interest groups so i think there's a really good chance that she she would say well, of course yeah i support and defend the constitution of the united states but then if you look at where she gets all of her money because she doesn't get very much at all from from we the people she doesn't make that much on individual contributions but the vast majority of her coffers are coming from these globalist corporations that benefit from the Great Reset and the agenda of the World Economic Forum, which primarily means the U.S. remains a hollowed out economy that relies on printing up a bunch of nonsense money and keeping our supply chains overseas. And then again, she's she's uh, she takes money from major pharmaceutical companies and she voted for the vaccine tracking database. So the, the whole when you paint the whole picture of how she's funded and where her agenda is going and then not to mention she's against the Second Amendment just has a, a completely and totally atrocious record by Republican standards. But really, when you look at the direction it leans, it doesn't lean left. It doesn't lean right. It leans incredibly globalist World Economic Forum, uh, Great Reset Agenda. You just nailed it right on the head. And um, 
I had a political scientist, uh, you know, serious political scientist criticize me the other day. He said that what's happened has not been that the left has shifted far left. What's happened is the Democratic Party has shifted right as it's be- as it's become aligned with uh, the globalist interests. They've essentially been captured. And um, that really <clears throat> there is a a remarkable um, growing alignment between the traditional left and the traditional right in that we all share a commitment to freedom, liberty, individualism, as opposed to collectivism and utilitarianism. Remember, that's really where these guys are coming from. They think that we can all be engineered for the greatest good, for the greatest number, and they're the ones to do the engineering. They think that we as human beings can be reduced to items on a spreadsheet that can be optimized. And I'm sure your constituents and certainly most of the people I'm, I'm familiar with and the people that I'm here to speak to in Austin uh, tomorrow are completely aligned around the idea that what made America great was the logic of individual freedom, the freedom to choose, um, the freedom to um, exist in a decentralized environment in which we don't, I mean, if you, the whole thrust of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and everything else is all written around the logic that a decentralized uh, power base where you push the authority to make decisions down to the lowest possible level is the best way to go. And, and what I'm hearing all over the world, as you know, I've been traveling quite a bit, is um, people really waking up to the problem of centralized control and power. That's, that's what we've had. And what these guys want is they want more centralized control, as you point out um, correctly, and they want the people to be in control to be the big corporations. That's the logic here. And once again, I'll, I'll say those uh, rather shocking words. Um, the other word for corporatism is fascism. That's what it is. Um, the alignment and fusion between the interests of the state and large corporations is called fascism. If you properly analyze the, the, the language in accepted political science, that is the definition. And that's what these people want. And they, they hide it behind some other words. They're really um, active in trying to manipulate our language because that's the good way to manipulate our thinking. And um, the word they use is public-private partnerships. Yeah. And it sounds very benign, public-private partnerships. How could you not like public-private partnerships? What it means is the, the corporations are in there with the government making all the key decisions for how you and I are going to live. Yeah, well, you know, it is all about semantics. You know, a final solution doesn't sound bad. You know, get rid of a problem until you look at what it really is. But yeah, we're through the looking glass, man. It's it's the literal, you know, bash the fash, punch, punch a Nazi. That group is for the the marriage of, of big tech and big pharma with the government while funding literal Nazis. I mean, I used to think the hypocrisy would eventually reach this boiling point where they'd have to look in the mirror. I have now lost no. any hope of that. I've realized, no. oh, no. oh Lord, we're, we're we've gone over the cliff, and still nobody cares. No, yeah, this that's that's when I when I first heard Matthias Desmond and his thoughts um, about mass formation, 
I, it was as if a bell had been rung and I, I, everything made sense. And it was so fascinating the way that all of the established media in unison um, spoke out in umbrage that, oh, this, this is not true. This is not a real academic. Oh, he's only a full professor. This is exactly what he studied his whole life. Um, and the more I've talked to him and worked with him, the more I'm convinced that his thinking is correct in these things, that we do have a form of hypnosis that's taken over a large fraction of the population. The question is, how large is the fraction? And the other question here in the current context is how, how much penetration there has been in that hypnosis into your particular district. Um, you said uh, you, you have a lumber and paper mill uh, interests. Are you uh, eastern or western slope of the Cascades? So we're on the west. We're the one uh, red district that touches the Pacific Ocean and the whole continent of the United States. So <laughs> heart of timber country. Yeah, very. Cons- even though we live like literally in the shadow of Portland, Oregon, we're we're actually very conservative. So uh, a lot of the, a lot of what's happened with globalization of killing off the the timber industry at the altar of environmentalism, but then also shipping all of our manufacturing, our sawmills overseas. That's been huge. Technology's big out here as well. We're, we're right in Bill Gates's uh, backyard. So all, all of these things are pretty relevant and and like you said yeah it, it's a question of um can we break free from the amount of control that this global reset and then i think the establishment really has over people uh i, I think i feel like a lot of times the the progressive left and the globalists they're not even trying to win arguments anymore because they know they can't they just care about seizing power like if dr malone gets on joe rogan's podcast you immediately have to strip him off social media and make that forbidden because he just reached too many people like they don't even try and counter you you know and, and it's the same thing you see i mean throughout social media if, if too much truth cracks through they cancel people. And so it's like, it, it's a, this weird spot where our political, the folks on the other side of the aisle from us, they're not really even trying to counter us and beat us in the marketplace of ideas. It's literally who can seize the most power right now. But I think that itself has exposed them in ways that we couldn't have done individually. So I, I do believe there's a lot of folks right now, especially because out here in Washington state, we had such draconian COVID policies because yes. of our governor that yes. a lot of folks are just like, Hey, I am, I'm done with this. Like I will not, if you're taking away any of my rights or telling me why I have to cede more control to you, to the government, to a centralized authority, like I'm out, not listening. So we're, we're getting a lot of folks coming over to our side. That's what uh, actually keeps me going every day with all the bad news we get. There's so many, so many people every day that, that are coming over to our side. Of course, you mentioned Governor Inslee. He's also a WEF trainee. Um, yes. <laughs> so, uh Oh, you didn't know that, Tommy. I didn't um, know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of posturing going on right now about who's going to be running for president and how, how they're going to handle the problem of uh, Biden's, uh, let's say, cognitive decline. Um, and uh, that that's a, I'm hearing some very fascinating gaming, but it all comes down to whether or not the Republicans can really uh, have, you know, drive this wave election. Uh, the only way that we're going to get there to any kind of a semblance of, of the old United States is going to be with a wave election at the midterm, because that's going to control whether or not we have integrity in our electoral process uh, for the presidential election. This is so crucial. And if anybody is, is, is questioning that, they should see the letter that's been put out just, uh, I think, today. I think Ted Cruz probably drove that, 
where we've got, what is it, 18 different members of Congress directly questioning the FDA over the craziness that they've, they've been propagating with the vaccines and particularly now with the vaccines for children. That's, you know, the, the only way that that kind of logic, uh, that the corruption that we're seeing can be countered is if we have a strong Congress that's willing to challenge the Biden administration currently. And, and if we don't do that, uh, a lot of people are really concerned about what the subsequent election is going to be like. I suspect you guys will follow California and have all mail-in ballots. Um, we, we've, we've unfortunately been doing mail-in ballots for, for quite a while out here. Um, and we're, we're actually, we don't have a mechanism for any kind of full forensic audit. I'm involved in a series of lawsuits right now in the state where we're trying to sue to actually just see our ballots. And in the Democrats, Jay Inslee, they, they have uh, interceded with Perkins Coie to represent them. So that lets us know that we're over target because it's just a group of civilians saying, hey, we'd like to be able to see our ballots. Next thing you know, here comes Perkins Coie billing, billing uh, their client at about 1200 bucks an hour. So that's, uh, that's unfortunately the state of play out here, but I I couldn't agree with you more. I think when we have a wave election, I think it's going to be incumbent upon us to really use our oversight abilities to show the American people what actually happened in 2020. I mean, I have my, my own theories, but I think that we just need to finally lay it all out to really preserve the integrity of our elections and to give the American people trust in our system. Again, like right now, especially in the post COVID era, I, I just think Americans don't trust our institutions. And there's so many that think that the elections are just, they just can't be trusted. And that, that right there is going to take us in a very dark direction as a country. So I think we absolutely have to preserve that and then do everything that we can to just show the danger of sending out unsolicited mail out ballots and then these code closed code tabulation machines. Let's just get back to voting in person and it gets counted in front of representatives from each party and and, uh, everybody can have some degree of trust in who we're putting into office. But it's funny because we're not even, I mean, we're, we're thought criminals right now for even having this conversation. Like we're, we're propagating the big lie by even saying, Hey, I I think maybe we should check some stuff out. We're, we're um, domestic terrorists. Uh, by the definition of Mr. Mayorkas, I think is his pronunciation. Um, and that, that gets back to another thing that may or may not be on your radar there in Washington state is how we can counter the, um, uh, ability of these major financial interests to control all channels of information. I mean, here we've got Tommy sitting in his, uh, condo with a flag at his back. And he represents the cutting edge of uh, breaking through the media firewall that's been developed and implemented in such an amazing, harmonized, global fashion. Um, And Tommy is at risk at any moment to have all of his information suddenly disappeared and and, uh, deplatformed, delisted, uh, his... his, uh, um, the URLs, even the pointers to his information can be deleted. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts? I have thoughts, and I'm actively involved in um, some initiatives uh, based on blockchain technology, which is why I'm here for this Bitcoin uh, um, digital uh, conference in Austin. Um, but uh, I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts about how we can counter the um, censorship and, propag- and propaganda that's being pushed in this harmonized way so that uh, Tommy doesn't have to be a, a lone voice in the wilderness 
yeah. <laughs> barking against the wolves. Well, before before Joe chimes in on that, uh, no, I I I took a. Uh, I predicted that before I ever even got banned from YouTube. I have this podcast is saved on more hard drives in more gun safes across more states than I think I even know now. It's completely decent. I couldn't shut it down if I wanted to. So Good. in that case, I'm not too worried about they'll nuke the website. I don't care about that. I'll I'll just keep popping up. But well, Tommy, uh, <laughs> while you're there, let's just uh put a pin on that one. Sure. And uh um we've got a new initiative that is totally blockchain protected. Um, that we are deploying and we actually have live now. So get back in touch with me about whether or not we can have you as one of our, uh, our, uh, our verticals um, on that platform. Oh, it's more than a Guinea pig. This is, this is the technology that supports a number of uh, major um, areas that you would recognize. I've just, I don't want to talk about it too much right now, but let's, but I, but I'd love to hear, any other thoughts about how we can counter uh, the propaganda censorship and, and information control? You're there at uh, Tech Central. I mean, it's it's uh, there in in Washington State and in south of San Francisco. What are you hearing, or what are your thoughts about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think things are at a point where the only thing that we can do to preserve sovereignty in our First Amendment is really just to break up big tech aggressively, treat, declare it a common carrier, treat it as a public utility, which I know is not the, the greatest solution in the world, but we at least elect our elected officials. Um, but we don't elect Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey or any of these guys to anything, but they have an immense amount of control over, you know, not just our First Amendment rights, but really these guys can get you canceled and deplatformed from from society. I mean, just look at what they did to president trump they took him off uh all social media as a sitting u.s president they pretty much destroyed his ability to do business in new york city he had to leave his home state and flee to another state and this is all because we've allowed these companies to become these massive monopolies that are just ran by these oligarchs most of whom really are just very blatant that they despise the way america works and they're very much aligned with what we were just talking about the world economic forum the great reset they're pumping tons of money into you know things like the center for uh, civic and tech life uh, to help out with the help fortify the last election. Bill Gates is all over this stuff as well, too. So I, I think breaking up big tech is absolutely essential because I think all of the really nasty things that our government wants to do to us uh, that we saw kind of rear its head during COVID and with the Great Reset, governments are going to be a little bit slower to do that because we still have you know a constitution here in the United States. However, big tech, they can make a lot of this stuff happen really, really fast. And again, this is where that merger between big tech and government comes in, that that public partner, public private partnership comes in. You know, and we've already seen the Biden administration say the quiet part out loud. I mean, Jen Psaki said, oh, we're working with our partners in Facebook to combat disinformation about COVID and about the last election. And so, well, what does that mean? You guys are just going through people's Facebook posts. So now you're, you have their metadata and you're tracking them. Bill Gates introduced that digital vaccine tracking uh, passport um, in in Europe that he would like to implement here. We have members of Congress, the one I'm, vote, I'm running against, voting for the vaccine tracking database. So the more to me that we can decentralize and just break up big tech, the better off that we're, we're going to be. And a lot of, I think, conservatives traditionally, when you say things like this, they're like, I'm not sure, I got to check my Republican book. Is this in the Republican playbook? It's like, yeah, it is. We've broken up, uh, we've broken up companies before. And we've done that because it's not anti-free market to do this. It's pro-free market. In order to have a free market, but, you have to have you have to have competition. So yeah, that's breaking it up in public utilities. Re- reinforce antitrust legislation. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, 
And as you point out, it's not just their ability to censor, deplatform, and uh, implement those other strategies. It's this algorithmic capability to craft people's opinion, um, which yeah. they've explicitly um, acknowledged is a tool for winning elections. They can, they believe they can even without controlling um, the ballot box. They believe that they can control people's minds and there's good uh evidence that that's the case so i'm really i'm really glad to hear you talking about that the other big sector of course that the um is able to be controlled by the digital folks as opposed to the analog folks that actually do stuff like mill trees and um you know uh pack boxes for amazon and and uh, uh drive trucks and all that kind of stuff is what we saw justin trudeau deploy which is the control of the financial system and the ability to deplatform people and remove them from their bank accounts. Do you have any thoughts about that, about um, what's going on in the financial sector right now? Yeah, I mean, that's def definitely more ammunition to, to break up big tech, but then also, I mean, the centralized nature of our of our banks, I mean, that ties into the Fed and then the entire modern monetary theory that like the government can just control money print it when they want. And then because it's all centralized, if they don't like whoever, if they don't like people sending money to Canadian truckers, they can go hunt those people down and, and freeze their bank accounts. I mean, I, I think our experiment right now of having centralized banks, I'm pretty sure we can say that it's failed. I mean, it has not done anything good for the country. So I, I do think this is the time as we're driving, as we're getting driven off the financial cliff to really say, hey, how can we restore some some sovereignty to our financial system to make it more robust? Um, I, I'd be interested in it, at least taking a serious look at going back to some form of a gold standard, because I, I just don't think you can trust people to be able to print their own money. And just human nature is what it is. People are going to hit that print button every single time. And then you tie that to digital. And again, you, you don't like the way someone spends their money. And now you know exactly who they are and you can essentially ruin their lives. You can make it so that they, they can't even exist. And so that's, those are just the forms of, of tyranny. I think that we're facing that we really have to say. So regarding the gold standard, um, there really isn't enough gold in the world right now to, to go back to that. But I've heard some very interesting ideas of pegging currency to assets within a nation state. So the federal government holds massive assets in terms of lands, mineral rights, other property. And uh, one of the ideas being bounced around is to use that as the commodity that backs the currency. Um, so you tie it back once again to something tangible. Um, whereas right now, as you know, with fiat currency, it's completely decoupled. I'd love to ask another question, and I, this is going to put you on the spot a little bit. I'd like to hear how you, have to, how you respond to it. Um, uh, Mr. Obama passed some legislation that really allowed the intelligence community, um, both directly and through the five eyes, to turn inwards on Americans. Um, do you have any thoughts about that and uh, is that a good thing a bad thing and a different thing and and uh what if anything should be done about it i mean it's a horrible thing i i, I think right now if you look at what was done i mean russia gate is a perfect example there's other examples out there but i think russia gate is the, the most glaring example where you have the dnc working hand in hand with key members of the intelligence community and the media to create a completely and totally false narrative that's that's ruined people's lives, that's sown all kinds of distrust 
in our system. Um, that that right there is grounds, I think, for doing some serious reforms. There was the church committee, um, you know, back you know, 20, 30 years ago that reformed the intelligence community. I, I served in the intelligence community for, for a brief stint. I was in the CIA as a paramilitary operations officer. Our intelligence community should be used to look outward, like we should be looking for threats against our country. We we shouldn't be spying on Americans. It actually makes me very furious and, and, and sick to, to think that some of the, these people at the top rungs were doing the exact same things they told us that we were 100 percent forbidden from doing because it violated our oath to the constitution so again i i just don't think that we can trust our government to have the this ability of mass surveillance um against the against the american people so getting rid of the patriot act i think would be absolutely essential and i and i do think we need to go through the intelligence community with a fine-tooth comb and and really look at all the rot and all the different political operatives that are in there who have violated not just procedures but also just uh, violated their their oath to the constitution and again this goes i i feel like a lot of this too is getting done in in the russiagate era maybe all it was being done behind closed doors with members of the intelligence community. I think the 2.0 version of this is not necessarily just the intelligence community and the political operatives cooperating. A lot of it's going to be done through big tech as well. Yep. And so that's another one of the horizontal integrations that we've seen. And then, uh, you know, I become sensitive. I'm sure you're familiar with Five Eyes um, in, in this odd situation where we have this reciprocal relationship where we're our our IC is uh, acting in other Five Eyes partners um, in the interest of their government against their persons, their citizens, and their uh, IC is being used against our citizens. I've experienced that directly, particularly with the UK. Um, that's been part of my story with the editing of Wikipedia, etc. Um, that's that's coming from outside the US in a coordinated fashion that appears to be running through MI5-6. Um, so I, I, think, I think we really need to relook at that. Have you had any chance to think about the biologic weapons um, agreements um, internationally? Has that been um, something that you've kind of uh, processed? And do you have any thoughts about that? The yeah, I mean, just looking at what happened with I mean, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, again, this is something that the congressional oversight, I, I think, owes the American people to really get to the bottom of, hey, was was the NIH funding gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology? We're owed those answers. But then also, the more that you learn about the topic, it appears that we're funding biological research throughout the entire world. When I first heard of it in Ukraine, I, I thought that, that was some sort of a crazy conspiracy theory. Um, but it turns out, no, we actually were funding some form of biological research in these places. Um, I understand generally like why we do it. I think maybe we got into some of this with with noble intent, but it's just so rotten to go off the rails and then blow up into some sort of concoction like COVID potentially is. And we funded the whole thing. You know, it's so I, I think this is something that we need to rein in. It needs to be much more closely regulated by experts that are directly accountable back to Congress. So there's some transparency there. Um, but yeah, that's, it's something that's just completely and totally off the rails and I think needs a ton more oversight. Thanks. Yeah. I, I'm uh, grateful that you're also taking that position. We've looked carefully at the weapons convention and we're convinced that um, uh, there was a bit of a tell in the congressional testimony given about the Ukraine bio labs, quote unquote, um, which was that, they were not engaged in offensive biologic weapons development. And that was carefully nuanced wording 
because that goes back to the uh, biowarfare conventions, which um, technically uh, permit defensive bioweapon development. Um, and I, I, as somebody who's kind of an expert in that area, I, I have problems myself parsing what is a defensive bioweapon and what is an offensive bioweapon. It's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think that we, what I've read again and again is the logic that, well, the Chinese basically, if you cut through the crap, um, the logic is the Chinese are doing it, so we have to do it too. That's the, that's the justification for the transhumanism, uh, the uh, augmentation. You know, it's, it's about, you've been a soldier, so you're, you appreciate that we now live in an environment in which uh, the military uh, believes that it's uh, necessary to augment uh, warfighter capabilities in a variety of different ways, mechanical and biological. And uh, like everybody was shocked to hear Pfizer's uh, Borea talking about a swallowable pill that can give monitoring to patients. He spoke about this at the WEF, um, this uh, biomonitoring pill that would indicate whether or not you've taken your medicine and would broadcast it and that would be able to be surveilled. But I'm sure you know that we have that kind of capability currently uh, for our uh, warfighters uh, to monitor their vitals when they're, when they're in a uh, high pressure situation. Um, I, I personally think that we need to really provide a little, uh, frankly, a lot more oversight into how we're treating our warfighter and the things we're subjecting our warfighter to in terms of these new technologies. Do we really have to go there and say, just because the Chinese are doing it, it's okay for us to be um, messing about and biologically modifying our, our warfighter personnel that have volunteered for this, but don't really understand what's being done to them. I mean, that's, that's, and then the, the, the extension of that, of course, is the calamity of what we've done to the warfighter with these forced vaccines. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding. I mean, the, the way that we forced this on the, on some of the most fit people on earth right now, I, I actually personally know a few guys that have died of suspicious heart attacks. And these are, these are guys that are in special operations. And I see, you know, I spent like 20 years in that community and there's all kinds of things that were killing us in that time, but guys falling over dead from heart attacks and cardiovascular disease, that's brand new. And there's a direct correlation um, that I think a blind man could see between the vaccines getting implemented and these young fit men, just like the soccer players falling over dead from heart attacks. But again, this is something that's completely forbidden from us even talking about. So a good deal more congressional oversight. And then also just the experimentation and the uh, implementation, the hybrid of AI and this, this transhumanist bent. I, I think that that certainly needs a lot more oversight. I, I think, as you know, you've worked in government contracting before. Once there's one, one idea and there's one project, there's always spinoffs from it because then you can sell it and more money becomes available. That's that's to me what it seems like how the, some of this stuff is just snowballed. Hey, we're the Chinese are looking at this, so we're going to look at this too. And the next thing you know, it spawns off into all these different subcontractors. And then you've got guys like, you know, Echo Health Alliance and Peter Dosick and these guys that are, that are, they got a bunch of government money that we, the people gave them and they're running around doing God knows what with the PLA and Wuhan. So I, this is, this is exactly why we have congressional oversight. You know, what I'm hearing is somebody who really has a sophisticated understanding of this uh, landscape of intelligence, military, uh, the interaction of the government, and uh, surprising depth in terms of world affairs. 
I, I really hope that you uh, are able to prevail. Um, uh, it's, you know, getting folks like you in there. And um, I heard you start off the talk um, explicitly acknowledging that this is not left or right. Um, this is collectivism versus individualism and freedom. And it goes right back to the founding fathers and the core principles of our democracy. But I'm, I'm really glad to hear your level of awareness and sophistication in terms of the nuances of what's going on, the actual day-to-day -day of what goes on in the, you know, I'll say it with the military industrial and the pharmaceutical industrial complex, you've, you've got a, a real um, eyes wide open point of view on that. And you're willing to speak about it in a, in a concise um, and sophisticated fashion. So that's really refreshing. I think that we really need people like you um, in the house. And uh, I hope that you manage to make it and have a long career. If that's what you want to do, um, God bless you. I, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I think you, I, I think. Yeah. If our, if our country wasn't going off the rails, I, I wouldn't be doing it. I don't plan on making a career out of it. I just want to get us, hopefully get us through this crisis. Cause I think we're kind of at an inflection point that if we, uh, if we don't get our act together in very short order, the, the country that we grew up in is not going to be the country we hand over to our kids. And so I think the stakes are just far too high, but I, I really appreciate uh, what you said. That's a, a high honor coming from you. I appreciate it, doctor. Yeah. Well, Hell yeah. Um, so would you mind if we uh, kind of wrap this up a little bit, Tommy, uh, just so I can get over to the hotel and, uh, get on with the next thing i have to do absolutely let's do it um <clears throat> for everything both you guys touched on though if anybody uh, listening is interested in some further reading there is something kind of relevant to this and it's uh, james bamford's book came out in 2008 it's called uh, shadow factory the post 9-11 ultra secret nsa specifically i know this is sounding crazy specifically chapter 39 they go into something called iarpa which is the intelligence version of darpa but they go into everything we're talking about modifying the mind super soldiers I mean, kind of creating the future, making people, by the way, you can alter algorithms online, change what they literally believe and then what they think is real. I mean, it's through the looking glass. It is. You want to talk about this James Bond evil stuff. It's this book is 14 years old. So anybody listening, Shadow Factory, Chapter 39 is specifically about everything you guys are talking about. Well, and, and, and then we book. had Operation Mockingbird. Um, oh, well, that's that's old hat. Come on. Now. Yeah, but but the point is that the history of the IC um, directly meddling with the information in the media um, and how we think is long, deep and rich. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We always, we always look at four nations and we say Chinese state run media. And it's like, dude, what do you think it is here? We just, we just pawn it off better. We're better at hiding it. But um, Dr. Malone, I will put your Substack, your getter, all that good stuff, not Twitter because you're still, from there put that in the description mr kent your twitter i'll put it on your website if anybody wants to go donate to your campaign go do it be a good american and uh aside from that i'll send you guys this episode when it's up dr malone i'll follow up with you about that uh blockchain whatever cryptic foreshadowing you were doing earlier and uh okay. aside from that thank you so much mr kent dr malone god bless you thanks, both guys. thanks doc. god bless america be good and good luck sir <laughs>